Yes, Tyson here once again, man. It's been a long day trying to get this content back. Quite a lot of videos. Extremely tired, but I'm gonna try to push through it uh, to get this going for the um, info. So now I'm here for the next part: is the origin story. Okay, basically, what's going on with the Titus So, well, why do I chose this path for doing philosophy, studying personal growth, understand how the human Brain works doing all the, the touchy-feely stuff. Basically, you know, there's different types of ways I can answer it, but I'm just going to try to go with the um, the way that kind of makes the most sense for me to explain it, talk about like the, the origin. So, basically what happened is, if you don't know my story, basically um was born uh, two months premature, and I had a whole bunch of health problems. Um, I really... I had a hard time with my motor skills. Kind of really tied my shoes. So I was like eight, you know, um, it's like seven. Had a real bad stutter that lasted till I was like around like maybe like eight or ten. But the worst of all was like I had, didn't really have much control over the bowels. So I went to the bathroom on myself. Number two, smelling bizat, you know, till I was around like the age of um, age of twelve. Now it really, really affected me. Um, one of the earliest ways it affected me was basically just, um, I guess I weighed out the story goes is that even though I was born, um, you know, I was born two months early and then I had to be put in like in this special like um, care unit. And um, what happened was that I think um, my mom really had really went through it, seeing all the other um, all the other kids. Luckily for me, I kind of went relatively unscathed, but that wasn't really the same for a lot of the other kids that was in this unit. Um, you know, mom was saying, like, you know, there was kids who were born premature, you know, put put things like ventilators, um, you know, so they could breathe and just really, really was on the on guard and basically was on the, like, intense care. And then I guess the main thing she remembers, like, seeing the parents just, nervous not knowing whether or not their child's going to make it seeing the devastation in their face and i think that really um uh, affected her uh because when i went home there was a lot of um uh, my mom always uh, like told me like you know multiple times that she didn't let me cry meaning that you know she never had like a situation she would try to go through and um and coddle and coddle me and try to make sure everything was okay and that kind of like uh, affected me because when I went home, because this this kind of like my my take on the whole situation. Um, me going home never really meant I was um, unscathed. I had a lot of different type of health conditions, and it was only um, it was always very possible that I could go home and then have like a, a situation, and I could be like in the care unit under um, you know extreme like you know extreme supervision, like those other kids that my. Um, my my mom witnessed and um you know my mom's not you know like a trained medical doctor you know so the only way that she really could see if i was okay was why it was was my emotional state if i was um um uh, you know happy and content then that if i was happy and you know not really um showed any type of physical discomfort and in a pretty happy state smiling that must mean that i, I must be healthy if I was, but on the other side, if I was in a negative spot, you know, 
had like a lot of different type of negative emotions showing a lot of distress that must mean that I might be possibly sick and that is what and then you know it might be a chance I might have to go back to the hospital um and I think that had like a lot of toll on my my mom so that's kind of like how she always um reacted and the way I kind of um formulated my ideas and the way that I thought was kind of just was like okay well um if I show any type of emotion, negative emotion, then that's just the same thing as like, you know, causing my mom distress. That's the same thing as like hurting my mom. So if I show any type of distress, then that you know, um, will hurt, will hurt my, will hurt my mom and stuff. And that's kind of like, I think that's kind of like how my primary like belief system got um formulated. That okay, if I gotta figure out a way to control my um emotional states so I can keep the people around me that I care about safe, you know. So probably that probably was like the earliest interactions probably formulated that when I was like around like two or three. But fast forward to uh, five years old when I went to school, it was um uh, some situation because everybody in the neighborhood knew about my health problems and they could basically could tolerate it. But even up like the preschool, people kind of knew what it was about well i went to elementary school that was further down the street with kids from all over the city a lot of them didn't really understand what was going on so they um you know kind of just treated me as a kid that just smelled bad or didn't like the shower or something like that and that's kind of like how i got treated um you know my earliest memory is um me i went to the bathroom myself a lot and me my earliest memory is me going to the bathroom in kindergarten and kids smelling something bad saying what's that smell and me lying and saying it was the, coming from the radiator and i'm just like man you know what just thinking like man this cannot fly i can't continue to do things like this i gotta figure out how i can um like how can i make this happen because what happened was that um uh, my mom was able to get like some money and stuff because i had like these disabilities so but I guess the thing was, was that, you know, the state or whoever it was, was always checking to see if I really, really was handicapped and I really needed the money. So they always put me like a series of tests. And one of the biggest questions was, do I need to go to these special education classes? And that was one place I never really wanted to go um, at all. I mean, it was like the scene that's the most vivid of these special education classes is, was like going to the bathroom one time. And there was like a kid in there with a, um, with a teacher from the special education classes and we had like two stalls one um you know was fully covered with all the walls up and one had all the walls down so this was like an exposed toilet and i remember like um this this kid instead of going to the stall where you have like some more privacy he decided to go up on this um the empty toilet and i remember just going up in there walking through the room and me and him just looking at each other for I mean, going to the urinal, me looking at each other for like a good solid like five, ten minutes. Um, and I'm, I'm not not five, ten minutes. It felt like five, ten minutes. Maybe it was like more like a good solid um, three, two, three, four seconds. <laughs> Getting real intimate with the gaze. So I'm like, man, what are you doing out here? Why, why'd you choose the, imp, the exposed toilet? Why don't you go into the, you know, um, into the stall and stuff? So I'm just looking. 
no words, just looking. It's like, man, that is not the place I want to go. I feel like it was like the crazy house for kids. So, never wanted to be there. Never wanted to be there. And um, what happened was me going through that experience because uh, they always want to try to see like when I had to get sent to special education classes. Um, so I was able to go unscathed. You know, I know I had health problems, but they checked in my my um, mental capacity. And I did really good on whatever the IQ tests, memory tests, whatever they had. And, and I did so well, they was able to put me into, say, no, this this kid is um functioning good and um, intellectually. He, he, he can be with the kids, with he can be like in the general population with the other kids. So, but I never really ever felt settled, settled like my place, especially elementary school, was it was secure. I always felt like there was always a chance I could get sent these special education classes. And it definitely was one move that where I could get sent to special education classes. And that was if I had behavior issues. I always saw there was always two ways you can get sent these special education classes. If you had medical issues, well, three ways, medical issues, physical, mental, you definitely was going there. And behavioral issues. If you just, you know, quote unquote, just have bad behavior, the teachers will rather send you out to these classes so they get you out the classroom. So if you were just, you know, had a real bad temper, really was all sad all the time, teacher didn't know really know how to deal with you. So fuck, I just get rid of you. So I had to figure out how to control my emotional state. Um, yeah, and that was pretty much um, what. I um, decided I had to go through. So when I was going through getting made fun of all the kids, you know, smelling bad, I was like, man, I got to change this because if I go through classes being depressed and being sad, I was afraid I'm going to get these special education classes. So I had to figure out something. And I came up like with my very first, I guess, personal development technique. I guess it's like a classic one. But I have to try to focus on the positive. I said, okay, what's my situation? I smell bad. Okay, people don't like me. I'm like, okay, okay. The question is that I know I smell bad because I don't like me. The question is, do I like myself? You know what I mean? And that's the um, and that's the question. Do you like yourself? Yeah, I kind of like I like myself. And I have to ask my question, question, what do I like about myself? Um, you know, I like about myself is that I did a really good job of um. You know, I tried to work on my health health problems. I never was in the corner saying, oh, woe is me, nothing I can do. So I took my um, attention off of being loved in the class and put my attention towards, um, like being liked in the class, put my attention towards, you know, how to fix my health problems. And it was funny, just that energy shift alone. So me trying to be like for everybody, I'm trying to focus on solving my problems. People could sense the change in me. And by me doing that, I was able to, even though I still smelled bad, even though I still had health issues, I was able to acquire friends and people um, liking me. Girls in the class started to like me. That was, that was a weird experience. But yeah, and it was still, still crazy because I was like, man, what in the world? Um... And, you know, everything was able to change. You know, I didn't really take it as positively as you might have thought. Uh, I, I kind of was like, kind of kind of was like, man, kind of told the first thing about people. Like, you know, I was able to get like, you know, legit friends and people that I, that I cared about and, um, you know, who really liked me for who I was. But then after, you know, you get like a certain amount of people, all of a sudden everybody else in class started to like you. And that really kind of throws you off because I learned something at a very early age. It's like. 
there's people in this world who don't really are not really strong enough to really voice their opinions and really like somebody based on what they truly believe and what they really like about the person they basically just will like you if it's safe if you're popular and everybody in the in the in the else likes you that must mean it's safe for for you to like them too and that's something that i try to always try to um figure out like try to maybe realize like everybody who's nice to you don't really like you the way that you think so you have to figure out a way to uh filter the people that really like you for who you are and get rid of the people who just like you just because it's the popular the safe thing to do so pretty much that's 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 that um i guess that's the first <laughs> first chapter of you know why i became you know why i chose this path of philosophy and um uh, you know, learn about human behavior. It just was, just, just was always the thing that I always felt in control of. It was the thing that I felt basically saved me from having a horrible experience at school, from being in these special education classes, and it just was something that I really, really um, gave me got confidence. Like it was something that I actually did on my own. Like I didn't need to go to went to the doctor for the health health issues to actually get them fixed. When it came to doing my whole emotional state, I was able to do that. Basically on my own, I like five years old, so it gave me so much confidence in my ability, and uh, something I just kept taking through um, with me later on in life and stuff. So it's basically that. So um, yeah, man, that's um, what's going on with that, and that's I guess this is the first this is the first part of the origin story about how I came up with this with these ideas and why I chose this path for spiritual growth, personal development and philosophy and all that. So, so yeah, man. Uh, smell like boo-boo. <laughs> That's what, um, people want to know, like how you come up with spiritual growth, all these spiritual growth techniques and stuff that you're going to be teaching you guys. Yeah. Cause I grow smell like boo-boo. That's why. <laughs> so yeah, man. Uh,